Hey, so uh, I, I do want to mention just a recap of the last couple weeks. How many of you enjoying this rumors uh, series these last few weeks talking about rumors? Um, man, I, I tell you what, it's, it's been really good for me, and I hope it's been good for you. I, I want to tell you that I rarely preach something that isn't impacting me. And if I do preach something that isn't impacting me, it most likely will not impact you. And, and I've just found that, and it's, it's just like with our worship leaders, anybody, if, if, if we're trying to sing a song that doesn't matter to us, it won't often matter to the people listening. And, and there's something about overflow. One of our core values as a church is that we would be people who overflow. And, and, and we believe that God gave us life and life abundantly, life more than, so that, and how many of you know when you overflow something, it doesn't stay in the cup or in the container, it gets outside the container, right? And so if you are overflowing, which is what Jesus promised us, that we would have rivers of living water flowing where? Out of us, not in, like some of us love to hog that river, but I'm going to tell you something, if it ain't flowing, it ain't a river. It's a pond. And guess what? And this is the, and I'm telling you, the reason some of us are still frustrated is because we got a pond instead of a river. And you know what happens in a pond? Anything that gets in the pond, guess what? Stays in it. So the good and the bad hang out. And we're meant to be rivers for a few different reasons. So that the stuff that's in us will get out of us because the river never stays the same. River's always changing. The water, the shape, everything's always changing. It moves stuff down the stream. It's always changing. So a river is moving, and I'm just overflow for us means that whatever God is doing in us is going to make its way out of us. And it's important. And so we've been talking about in this rumor series that we want to see the rumors of faith that we've heard about become a reality of faith in our day. That what we've seen happen, we would see happen in us. That what we've heard about would be something we see. That what was of yesterday would happen in today. And, and that what we think sounded sometimes a little bit like rumors in the Bible, uh, we would find and see and know that they become a reality in our life when we really truly plug into what God wants to do in us. And so we've been praying this prayer of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3.2 uh, two, that says, do among us what you did among them. He says, I've seen these incredible works that you did for the, my ancestors, and I'm blown away. Do among us what you did among them. Move in us like you moved in them. Have mercy on us even in the midst of your judgment. So please do among us what you did among them. And we've been, we hammered that really hard the very first week. And last week, you heard Leah mention it in our worship. Uh, last week, we talked about dreaming and thinking higher. That we don't try to dream and think bigger, and that's okay to dream bigger. I don't, I don't have anything against dreaming bigger, but my first priority as a believer is, is what Paul mentions in Colossians. That I would think, that I would set my mind on things above, and I would set, in the very next verse he says, I would set my heart on things that are above. That my thinking would be higher, not just bigger. How many of you know you've moved from big dream to big dream to big dream and been frustrated in big ways? And the reality is, is that we need to start higher because momentum is always easier to achieve when you're going down, when you're getting, when you started at the highest point. And so we want to think higher because it, our dreams and our prayers and our thoughts and our desires should not just be bigger or more than, but they should be higher than anything else. And when we do that, when we think upon things that are in heaven and not on earth, then we will begin to see our lives make an impact on earth that goes further and higher than we ever imagined. Amen? And so that's what we talked about last week. And it just so happens that on a week following our message on thinking higher, that today we're talking about a cloud. And we actually have some clouds today, so come on now. Um, 
Obviously, God did that for us. Um, but there is a cloud, and there's a, there's a, I want to talk out of Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to back up into Hebrews 11 because it, it is one of those verses that says, therefore, you know, and if you see a therefore, you need to know what it's there for, and you need to go back, hey, and uh, you need to go backwards a little bit. I didn't come up with it, but you need to go backwards a little bit to know why he's saying what he's saying, why the writer is saying what they're saying, it, it, so, you, so you need to go backwards a little bit, and, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to start in Hebrews 11, and the question for you today, the question you need to answer today is, are you surrounded by a cloud or a crowd? Are you surrounded in your life, in your thoughts, in your dreams, in your future? Are you surrounded by a cloud or a crowd? And we'll talk about the difference in that in just a minute. But I want to read chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but if you were to read prior to the verse, I'm going to start in verse 32. If you were to read prior to verse 32, if you were to read all of Hebrews 11, you would find at the very beginning a definition of faith, what is faith, and then you would see faith in action. Um, it, action should not be guilted upon your faith. So sometimes you go, well, fa faith without action is, is no faith at all. It, it, but action is a result of the faith that you have, the trust that you have, the belief that you have. So you don't try to force your action. You, you try to, what you want to do, if you want more action to come out of your faith, and what you need to do is grow your faith. Build your faith as to what God can do and what he wants to do. I mean, sometimes we, f we focus on the wrong thing. The action is an effect. It is not the cause. And so we must focus on our faith, grow our faith, increase our faith, plug into our faith so that we can see God moving. So what happens in Hebrews 11 is we see all these amazing stories uh, of men and women who have done amazing things by faith. And sometimes you'd hear this phrase, hall of faith. Uh, like, like we talk about uh, Moses, by faith after Moses was born, he was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king. See, faith will not allow you to fear, and so they hid Moses. Well, Moses ends up being a pretty critical guy in the life of Israel. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. You wouldn't walk around the city of Jericho if you didn't have faith. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, here's what I want. I just want to caveat, to, uh, just, a, uh, just an exception to, to Hebrews 11. Sometimes we read stories like that. We read Hebrews 11, and we just think that was people's every day. Like, like it, it would almost be like if we were to go to Cleveland, Ohio, we would walk through the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we were to see guys like uh, Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, because they're in there, what, what, and, uh, and we were to walk by those guys, Roger Staubach, uh, because it's all Cowboys, right? And you walk, by, you walk into the Hall of Fame, and you were to look at a guy like Troy Aikman, and you were to look at his statistics, and you were to look at the thing that they, the statue of him in there, and you would go, oh, man, I guess he was perfect every play. I guess he did it right every single time. Like he never had a bad practice. He never threw a bad pass. He never got into it with his teammates. He always did what the coach asked him to. How many of you know that isn't true? And sometimes we read the Bible stories and we read these men and women and we just go, oh, see, I'm just not as good as them. I didn't do what they did every single day. I, I'm not perfect. I haven't made it all right. I've, I've, I've not thrown perfect pass every single time. That's not the point of this section of Scripture. The author is not trying to tell you that by their perfection, they were able to do what God called them to do. It is what? By their faith. So even in the midst of your failures, your faith can still drive you into your future. And so we build our 
faith. So many of us are trying to build our actions or build our future or build our perfection, and that is never, ever the requirement of God. God asks us to be holy as he is holy. Why? Because he makes us holy. By faith, we trust in him. Through grace, we are set free. And because of that, we cannot boast. These guys are not boasting in themselves. They're boasting in him. And that's what we're going to read about in just a minute. So at the end of Hebrews 11, there's a little portion of scripture that, that I've always thought was really, really incredible. I'm going to start in verse 32, and we're going to read all the way through Hebrews 12, verse 2. This is what it says. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength after being weak, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead. They were raised to life again. Now, this is where it takes a little bit of a turn, and it's a, a bit interesting. But I just, I just want you to hear this, because I think sometimes we think by faith means that everything goes well. I just want you to hear this part, because I, this walk, walk with Christ. Listen, I've just found that life can be bad whether or not you know Jesus. So you might as well, in the midst of it being bad, know Jesus. Just saying. Some men were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of these people. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. I'm just telling you, faith might take you to some places you did not expect to be. But in the midst of it, you will know that as Christ has risen, so will you. So by faith does not mean all good. It means all God. And I, oh, hey, that was good. And, uh, and, and, and we can trust him in the midst of it by faith. Now, this is the part that I, I, just, I just take so much hope in. All these were approved through their faith, their trust. At its base root, there's a trust element to faith. But they did not receive what was promised. Since God, now why? Since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. You just really can't read the Bible as though it's just about you. And in fact, when you do, I found I'm most anxious when I'm most focused on myself. I tell you what, if your praise was focused on what everyone else received around you, I'm telling you, your praise would go to another level. Your prayer, your prayer life would go to another level. If we would be people who understand that even these great men and women of faith who, who, who were able to shut the mouths of lions and quench the fire and uh, defeat kingdoms and administer justice, and, and we would understand that here at the end of Hebrews 11, he's tying those people to you and I. That's a big deal. It, because he wanted to reveal this mystery of grace to us, this incredible grace to us, that here we are continuing what God has done in and through the earth through people of faith. It should give you hope that no matter where you're from or what you've done or where you've been or where you struggle or the things you deal with, God is still using you to complete what God started with them. Now this is where Hebrews 12 gets into it. Hebrews 12. You ready? 
All right. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, since we also have, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses. Everybody say cloud. A large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Therefore, since we are also since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every single weight and the sin that so easily entangled us. I, I, there's a, this idea of a cloud. What is it? A cloud of what? Witnesses. Now, what does a witness do? A witness does one thing. A witness does one thing. Sees it, hears it, experiences it, and tells you about it. And if they embellish that, if they, if they lie about that, if they add things to it that aren't true, uh, then they're not actually being a good witness. Uh, your key witness should be one who comes up and is able to tell you some key things that only they saw or experienced or heard. So we're not looking, and when we read this sometimes, here's what we read. We read a cloud of people witnessing us. We, we think that the, the point of this scripture is to say that there's this cloud of people watching our every move. But the, actually point, the actual point of this scripture, the, the emphasis of the scripture, is that we have a cloud of witnesses who have seen, heard, and experienced something, and now through their lives are telling us about it. So that we can be people encouraged by the fact that they saw something, they experienced something, they heard something that we can now see, hear, and experience. So they are cheering us on, not because of us, but because of what they have witnessed. Because of what they have seen. Because of what they have heard. And how does your faith grow? By what? By hearing and hearing by what? The word. And what's in the word? A stories of people who are telling us about Jesus. So do among us what you did among them is like looking at this cloud of witnesses. And the, and the word cloud is not, it, it's not a kind of a fantastic, it's just a, in that day and age would have been a word that they would recognize as a group or gathering of people united. Not just a gathering, but a united gathering of people speaking or testifying to one thing. So this cloud was simply meant to be this group gathered, united, and, and now prof, uh, professing over you, confessing over you certain things. And so this cloud was a familiar phrase. So there's this, this, this cloud, and it gives us three things that this cloud is going to do in our life. Okay? It gives us three things this cloud is going to do in our life. <coughs> Excuse me. So it says this, this surrounding us, let us, this is the first thing, let us lay aside every weight and what? And sin. Now why would it say both of those if it just meant one of them? Lay aside every weight and sin. So, so here's the, the idea here, that it is not just sin that sometimes, sometimes holds us back. Some of your dreams are not accomplished because you're such a sinner, but because we have some weight that we're carrying. 
It, it, might, it might just be the expectations that we're carrying that, that really aren't there for us anyways, that really we shouldn't be taking on ourselves. It, it might be some experiences we've had that we've continued to hold on to. And, and, and I know you can get technical and you can go, well, there's a sin of commission, a sin of omission, and, and maybe it, it all falls under sin. Fine, whatever. The point is that the writer of Hebrews makes sure that we understand that there is a weight and a sin. And that this cloud should be something that strips us of both. That this cloud of witnesses should be something that allows us to step out of either one of them. Both the sin that we struggle with and the weight that we carry. So you might be carrying something that you should not be carrying. And here's this writer trying to make sure you understand that if you live by faith, if you see the lives of these people, man, get rid of that. It might be some disbelief. It might be some doubt. It might be some frustration. There might be some difficult circumstances. And in fact, if you were to read the Hall of Faith, it's very un, uh, it would be very difficult to find any single one of them that, that the by faith wasn't in the midst of struggle or difficulty. So even in the midst of your frustration, faith is actually most powerful. Because you continue to walk even in the midst of challenge. Okay, so that was the first thing. Second thing, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. The focus. So the first one is to strip away things that don't matter or things that are getting in the way. Our sin, our rebellion, our, our, our decision to make ourselves the center of the story. And then keeping our eyes on Jesus, to focus, to put our eyes upon him, to make sure that we are keeping our eyes on him. So we, the reason these cloud of witnesses are telling about us about Jesus and what God has done is so that we would keep our eyes upon who? The one who did it. Right? And then the third thing is simply so that we could run this race. So that we could run this race. Because you've got a crowd. I don't know if you ever had a crowd cheering for you. You ever had a crowd cheering for you? Yeah. It feels good, doesn't it? You know, I, I, like when you're a little kid and you're playing sports. Kaysen, we, we have uh, just finished his t-ball season. And, um, and he's awesome. But we just finished. And uh, we would have, there were days where my, my parents would come out. Mary's parents would come out. My sister and her kids would come out. Uh, then her uncle and aunt would come. And, it, I mean, he had 27 people there. It was a t-ball game. They even keep score. I mean, you know, what are you, what are you cheering for? You're not winning. Um, but sometimes there's something about a crowd that makes you live a different way. It makes you step into a different way. It makes you walk a different way. It makes you really go after something. And so the point, the hope, the desire of the, for the writer of Hebrews is for, for you to, to both strip away some things, to focus upon Jesus, and in the midst of that, because you've stripped away from some things and because you've focused on Jesus who builds your faith, the author and perfecter of your faith, that you would then run, that you would run this race. Now here's the challenge. It's great. Like, we all love this verse. Like, I love having a cloud. I don't know about you, but I love that, the, that I'm promised in the Bible that I have a cloud of witnesses. I think that's fantastic. It's, it's, oh, it's so good. But how many of you know that that ain't the only thing that's in our lives and that enters our thoughts and that we catch with our ears? That there is also what I might call, what I'm calling today, a crowd. That the tension in our lives is both with who we're listening to, the cloud of witnesses of Jesus, witnesses of God, those who would speak to who God is, and the crowd who tends to focus on other things. And one of the most difficult things in our life to do is to keep our focus on things that matter. Know what I'm talking about? To keep our eyes and to keep our focus on things that matter. 
If you were to look at the difference between a crowd and a cloud, I just wrote down a few things, and maybe you could go with me on this. The crowd is about what you've done. The cloud is about what he's done. I'm just going to give you a few of these. The crowd is all about what he, you've done. The cloud is all about what he's done. The crowd never lets you see beyond what currently is. The cloud never lets you forget about what can be. The crowd, and I'll, maybe we'll post these later in the week because I don't know if you'll write them fast enough. The crowd, the crowd will tell you what the earth is doing, and the cloud will tell you what heaven is up to. How many, how many of you know that's true? In a culture that values, at its number one value, autonomy, individuality, and freedom, we have allowed the crowd to become the ultimate authority. Isn't that interesting? Because when we get so free of everything else that we are so focused upon ourselves, we find ourselves in a place that can't answer the questions we most desperately want to answer. And so we begin to see what the crowd is doing. How many of you have ever done something you didn't mean to do because the crowd? How many of you should have done something and you didn't do it because of the crowd? It, it, it's amazing to me now, the things you find, the Google News searches or the, the Facebook posts or the Instagram feed, you know what gets to the front of the line? The thing that is the most popular the thing that the crowd likes. And so you ain't ever going to find the true story. Why? Because the crowd has gotten hoodwinked by one thing, and the crowd's the only thing you're ever going to see. And so in a culture that values this freedom thing, this autonomy thing, this individual thing, when really we're not built for that, uh, we, we, we've actually found ourselves stripped of some things because we've allowed the crowd to become the priority in life. But what is this guy doing? And what is that person doing? And what is this music like? And what is this? The crowd. The crowd will major in rumors. The cloud will make a new reality. The crowd will major in rumors. The cloud will make a new reality. See, Jesus withdrew from the crowd on a regular basis. Why? I believe this, because he wanted to talk to the Father, because he wanted to go to the cloud. Uh, Jesus withdrew. In fact, it, there's two things here. Jesus would withdraw from the crowd, but do you remember when this, in the Rise series we started talking about Jairus and the rising of his daughter? Do you remember what happened in that story? Jesus walked to the house, and there were a bunch of people uh, crying around her death. And they were fully convinced she was dead. And what did he do? He, he moved the crowd out of the house. See, some of you have a decision to make. Some of you need to withdraw from the crowd, and some of you need to kick the crowd out. Some of you need to get away from the crowd, and some of you need to get the crowd out of you. Some of you, it doesn't matter where you go, as long as you continue to let the crowd into your heart and your spirit and your mind, it, it is never gonna, you need to get the crowd out of you and get the cloud in you. I was sitting at a coffee shop uh, this past week with a buddy of mine. I told the story to Kyle, and, and uh, he was like, what? And I was sitting at a coffee shop with a buddy named Dustin. He runs this uh, organization called Feet That Move, has for uh, several years. He's uh, 26 years old, and for years he's been traveling and bringing shoes to people and then telling them about Jesus, which I think is fantastic. And I admire him, and he always inspires me. And, uh, and so we're sitting there having coffee at a new coffee shop just down the road. And, uh, and we're talking about Jesus, and it just so happens that in this particular coffee shop, you're only about a foot and a half separated from the table right next to you. And so you can hear everything they're saying. And when you, when you say the word Jesus or God in a conversation, I am listening to you, and I've forgotten who's in front of me. And, uh, and so they're talking about God. And uh, I don't care, you could be across the room, and I'm going to try to, with my good ear, listen to your conversation. And... Uh, 
And so we're sitting there having a conversation about God and Jesus, and they're doing the same thing. And we don't really catch most of their conversation. But right at the end of our conversation, Dustin leans close into me, because remember, they're right next to us. And he goes, hey, um, I don't mean to, like, interrupt our conversation, but I need to interrupt them for a second. And I was like, okay. Uh, these two young ladies, like, okay, like, I don't know, you you can ask her on a date, what do you do? And he goes, I just, I just, he goes, he goes, I feel like, uh, I feel like the Lord's given me something to say. And I'm like, so that's when I just sit back and I fold my arms. I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. And, uh, and he, he, uh, and he, he interrupts the conversation. He goes, excuse me, excuse me. And they look up and, uh, and I think he's a cute guy. I don't know. I think he's a cute guy. And, uh, so I'm sure they were like, oh, sweet. He's going to ask me on a date. And, uh, and he goes, he goes, he goes, uh, I, I just feel like I heard you guys talking about Jesus. I don't know what you were talking about, but I heard you. And, 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 and I just, I feel like the Lord put a word in my heart for you. What, what, what's your name? And, and she goes, uh, she told her his name or her name. And, uh, and he said, um, he goes, well, I, I, I know this is maybe weird, but I, I don't know you, and I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I just felt like the word Asia. The Lord wanted me to tell you the word Asia. That was, literally, that's all he said, the word Asia. And I'm telling you, the moment he said something, I mean the very moment he said the word, both of the girls dropped their head and started laughing, not in a sarcastic, demeaning way, but in a disbelief, like, how in the world would you ever say that word to me? And he said, I just feel like the Lord is going to use you to mobilize people in Asia, to reach people. And, and she says, I what, they're, they don't know what to say. They both, both faces got red. They were going, I don't understand. What are you talking about? And I'm just like, I'm enjoying the show. And, uh, and, and they're going, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. And she, she begins to just look at him going, she, he goes, I didn't hear you talk about Asia. And she said, no, we didn't. We haven't talked about Asia. Like, we talked about God, but we've not talked about this thing. And he goes, yeah, I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that he, that's in his plans for you. And she's just blown away. And she begins to talk about you know, I've, I, I know God's called me. That's in the last six months, he's really begun to shake up my world. And, and, and I believe I'm called and I'm actually moving. I can't remember now what city she said to. She said, I'm actually moving uh, in September. And what I've really been struggling with is really, is, is God really in this? Because uh, I, I can't, haven't been able to get the provision. I haven't been able to get the money. And here she is struggling with the idea that this is actually what God wants her to do. And here's this guy, Dustin, who knows nothing about them. And I get to enjoy as he leans over and says, the Lord just gave me a word. One singular word not even like a word like it just a word and it wasn't weird and it wasn't awkward but it was kind of weird and it was kind of awkward because the reality is that if you're going to step out into what God's called you to do you cannot be comfortable because the Holy Spirit doesn't do and so here he is and he goes I just feel like the word Asia and they're blown away and they're just and it's amazing now here's what's really cool I just want you to know something it's really cool the girl next the sitting across from her this is just an added layer uh, I thought that first part was cool. And, uh, and they asked Dustin, where are you from? He said, well, he, he, uh, and we're, we're chatting. And then she says, what do you do? And I said, well, I, I, or no, she says, what do you, where do you live around here? And I, I said, my wife and I passed her church right down the road, just down the street called C3 Fort Worth. She goes, oh, is that connected to something? And I go, usually what happens is people think it means C3 Creative Conference and Grapevine. And I said, no, no, yeah, but not, probably not what you're thinking. And she goes, well, no, no, is there like some big thing? I go, well, we're C3 Global. We've got about 450 churches around the world. She goes, I go, it's from Australia. She goes, yeah. She goes, my friend just moved back from Australia, at, from Perth, and was going to a C3 church in Perth and moved back and has been frustrated because they don't know where they're going to find a church that is at like a C3 in Perth. And I I said, well, I think you just found the right church. And I'm, I'm just telling you that story to tell you that God can do among us 
what he did among them. And that what went, and, and now here's, here's the part of the story you need to really, really hear. Uh, four months ago, Dustin, through a series of crazy events, moved himself, not the ministry, he's doing the ministry, but he put some people in charge to feed that move, and he moved himself into Mexico without knowing Spanish. Uh, moved in the Yucatan Peninsula. And, and for three months, he's had to learn a language, pray more than he's ever prayed, because he's used to having appointments all day long. And he's been sitting in Mexico going, I don't know what to do right now. And he's been spending more time in prayer, more time in prayer, more time reaching out, more time learning a language, doing what he can. And, and can I, here's why I tell you that. Because we need to be people who withdraw so that we can return. We are not people who withdraw to be isolated. We withdraw so that we can be motivated so that we can go back to the crowd with the because here's the thing I want you to hear this and this may be the most important thing I say to you all day and maybe for like months to come still come back to church just but for a long time and, and you know what was really cool about this coffee shop deal it was the day before he left and, and I ran into Melissa who runs the net who we've partnered with a couple different times and she was absolutely blown away by what God did at the women's event she thinks it was incredible and she is so excited what we're doing with them and I just I'm just telling you church you're awesome you're amazing and, and I'm just, here's what, he withdrew. He didn't know. He's been praying. Jesus withdrew. Here's the most important thing I'll tell you. That if you will withdraw and be impressed by the cloud, you will forget about worrying, about impressing the crowd. If you will find yourself having an impression made on you by this amazing cloud of witnesses who can tell you what heaven is up to, you will stop worrying about a crowd of people who tell you what earth is doing. I just, I'm telling you, the reason you haven't stepped into your purpose is not because you're a failure. It's not because you're difficult. It's not because you're a bad person. It's probably, most likely, because the crowd has begun to overwhelm the cloud. That there's a group of people who have lived this race, who have lived this life by faith, and they are looking at you going, you can do this too, because it is not up to your strength. It is not up to your ability. It is up to the God who made you and created you, and if you would trust him, he would move in you. Now, I know the worship team's been up here for a while, but I'm not done yet. John 15, 26. Let me put that on the screen. John 15, 26 says this about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this is the secret of really anyone's life who walks with Christ. It's John 15, 26. Do we have that? Because I don't want to turn to it. There we go. When the counselor comes, now he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, the one I, I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who will proceed from the Father, he will testify or in other words, bear witness about me. The most important witness you have is the one that resides in you when Jesus left the earth and said, I'm sending one who will be just like me. Not a carbon, not just like a lower, just like me. There's three things you need to know about the Holy Spirit. He is God. The Holy Spirit's God. It's not like it. Sometimes we go, God, send your Holy Spirit. I am God. What are you talking about? Just talk to me. He is God. Number two, he's in you. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, that Spirit is in you. And the third thing, He's at work. He's at work. Holy Spirit is just, He's motivated. He works hard. He's got a great work ethic. Like, He just doesn't give up on you. He doesn't stop on you. He is working on you all the time and most likely working around you. And if you would, test, if you would tap into the cloud that is the Holy Spirit, the greatest, the key witness in all of this, what does it say? That He will testify who? About what? About Jesus. So if you want to know more of Jesus, 
You plug into the Holy Spirit that is in you because one of his primary roles in your life is to tell you about the Jesus who died and rose again so that you can fix your eyes upon him. And in so doing, you would both have a faith that is authored and a faith that is perfected. Man, I'm telling you, there is a cloud of witnesses. My question to you, ultimately, is do you listen to the cloud or do you listen to the crowd? Which one has your thoughts when you wake up? Which one has your heart when you walk around? Which one is taking over in your dreams? Which one is causing you to dream bigger instead of higher? Which one is allowing you to step into what God's called you to do? Because because the cloud is there so that you would know that God is good. And just as Dustin for three months has withdrawn, and then he comes back, sits at a coffee shop, and says, hey, uh, Asia. Friday morning, I was sitting in a coffee shop. I met three different people. Connected with a lot, it was so good. And I just butted myself into their lives, man. Jesus showed up. He didn't, like, schedule it. Like, he goes, hey, I'm showing up. Here we go. Y'all ready? No? Okay, I'm still coming. God can do among you. He can do some incredible things in your life if you would stop viewing the Holy Spirit as an interruption and and instead as an intervention. He is intervening, whether it's on your behalf or someone else's. He's trying to use you so that we can see Jesus on every street and in every heart, that you'd be made fully alive in Christ Jesus. So which one's got your attention? Not to isolate you. Don't withdraw to get isolated. Withdraw to get motivated so that you can what? So that you can lay aside every weight and sin. So that you can what? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. And so that you can run a race instead of walking instead of being tired instead of being beat up you can run this race because you can always look to a cloud of people who said you know what life was difficult life was not always easy but in the midst of it all God was faithful and so I did some things I never thought I could do because God is with me and he can do among us what he did among them You've got a cloud, and it's found when we give our life to Christ, when we submit our world to him, when we believe and confess with our mouths that he rose from the dead. We can walk in this cloud of witnesses that allows us to see Jesus and run our race because God's got something for you, but it ain't just for you. And there are people sitting across from you every single day of your life that need a word, that need hope, that need joy, that need peace. And the only way you're going to make an impression on the crowd is if first the cloud has made an impression upon you. The most important thing you can do is not work to impress other people, but work to be impressed by the only people that matter when it comes to your thoughts and your heart and your faith. Man, let's worship him with all we got. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing this song and we're going to pray to close out. Let's believe God that he can do among us what he did among them. Amen.